that's him. That's just who he is. That's how he loves. That's how much he cares for us. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me uh, this morning. You can go ahead and turn there. I'll read there in just a minute. But it's going to be Psalms 11 and 3. I'm uh, starting a series today called Renovations. Everybody say it with me, Renovations. I know spring is coming and people are thinking about things that they can do to their house and to their home and renovations. The first part of the series today is going to be a message called Foundation. How many of you know that if you don't start out right, you don't ever get it right? And so you have to, anybody ever been on a trip before and you know, you, you just took off and you didn't need the road map. It was before Siri was around and you, you just, you know, you just knew instinctively where you were going, you thought. And the conversation ensues in the vehicle, are you sure this is the right way? Oh yeah, yeah. I remember my wife was traveling with Lane one time, and Lane asked her, said, is, is this, are, are we going the right way? And Debbie said, yeah, I remember those cows. <laughs> I don't know what there was about those cows that caused her to remember, but she remembered those cows. And Well, after a while, they, 60 miles out of the way, they realized those cows weren't as familiar as she thought they were, and uh, they had to turn around and she was running out of gas. It, going, starting out the wrong way cannot just cost you time. It can cost you the journey if you're not careful. And I, I, I want to show a clip uh, about foundations. How many of you know that there are more to foundations than just the foundation of the house that you build? So I want you to Take a look at this clip and look at foundations and let's see if they're important. Foundations. They can give out from underneath you. By the way, the bridge that all those people were crossing collapsed. I just thought I'd spare you the 
agony of seeing people splashing around for their lives. Foundations, Psalms 11 and 3. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, God, that it's life to us. And we just ask that you'd speak to our hearts today, God, and help us, Father, to build on a solid foundation. We give you praise for that in Jesus' name. So the scripture doesn't just pose a question when it says, if the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? It's also making a statement. If the foundation is destroyed, there's not much a person can do to change things, even if he's a righteous person. Foundation is a part of the building process that can't be overlooked. You can't skimp when it comes to foundation. No foundation or a bad foundation are certain to end in a disaster. In 1 Corinthians 10 and 12, Paul speaks and he says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Any of you ever have something give out from underneath you? You, you know what I'm talking about? Something that just collapsed underneath you? You thought it was a good foundation. How many of you ever been on a ladder and have that ladder just fold up underneath you? James, stand up there a minute, would you? You built it. You stand on it. So we were in here, and we're, you know, we're trying to make sure. And by the way, forgive our construction going on. We're getting ready for the Easter production, so make sure you invite all your friends out for it. But we were building this, and I asked him, I said, James, I said, now, we cannot tear this carpet up. I said, so can we do this without putting screws in the floor? He said, oh, yeah. So I come in here, and I'm looking at this, and I thought, man, is that freestanding? And he said, yeah. He said, that, that's just freestanding. There are no screws in the floor at all. To be or not to be? <laughs> because if there was a screw in the floor, after my wife got done with him, it would be not to be. It would have, it would. <laughs> so here, here's what I'm saying is, he created a foundation that's freestanding. Every ladder is a freestanding foundation. But I've had some ladders give out on me. I've had some floors give out. You ever walk around a house that's really old? Checking for weak spots. Amen. <laughs> Not a good idea. So you've got to make sure that the foundation that you're building is sure. As we've seen from the video, houses are not the only thing that need a good foundation. I want to talk to you about five things today that need a good foundation. Everybody say a good foundation. The first thing I want to talk to you about is marriage. Marriage needs a good foundation. How many of you agree with that? Look, whether you've been married once or whether you've been married, you know, multiple times, you understand 
that you've got to have a good foundation. If you've been through more than one marriage, you understand that better than anybody else, that you've got to have a good foundation or it won't last. And so where does marriage usually start? I mean, you don't just, I didn't just see Debbie, you know, in the church one day and say, hey, hey, you, let's go get married. Where does it start? It starts in dating. Everybody say dating. How many of you are old enough to remember years ago there was a show on called the Wow. <laughs> Either you saw the show or you've been playing the game. So I want you to think about that. The dating game. Just even this. Do you understand if you're treating it like a game, you're already in trouble. If, if you're treating dating like it's a game, you're in trouble. You say, well, why, Pastor? Because every game has a winner and loser. So... When it comes to dating, it's not a game. You ought to be looking at the individual you're dating and say, is, is this marriage material? And if it's not, you're kissing somebody else's spouse. If, if you're not planning on marrying them, if, if you don't think it could lead to that, now I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with kissing a few lips. Be, be, Don't, don't look at me like before you get married. I'm not talking about after you're married. Before you get married. You know, somebody said, well, you got you know, you to kiss a few toads before you find your prince charming. But the truth is, is you've got to be careful when you're dating because loose lips sink ships. How many of you know what that is? Amen. That's a motto from World War II. Loose lips sink ships. And what were they talking about? They were saying, don't be, they, they was trying to get across to the military, don't be talking about where you're stationed or where you're going or anything like that because it could end up being in the hands of the enemy. You let, now that's concerning the war. Let me talk to you about dating. You let your lips get loose. And it can sink the ship of your life because loose lips can lead to other things. So you've got to make sure that you're focused on a sure foundation. Everybody say a sure foundation. So what's, what's the foundation of the relationship? Oh, she really looks good. Wow. That's why I want to marry her because she's fine. Oh, he's a hunk. And then he became a chunk. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Don't you dare yes, nod your head yes either. Or, or are you building the foundation about his needs or, or it's her needs? Let me share something with you. Looks change and so do needs. When you're 20 years old, you don't need an extra set of teeth. But you might later. Are, are you with me? So if you're building the foundation on something that's going to shift and change, how many of you know, ladies, be honest with me, do your emotions ever change? 
Wait. Oh, praise God. I got a... <laughs> I was going to do that, but I didn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> do, do, how often do your emotions change? Every day. I wasn't going to shoot for every day. I was gonna, okay. So emotions change. Guys, do your emotions ever change? Every Super Bowl season. You know, isn't it amazing that guys can get cranked up and worked up over a football game and when it comes to God? Really? I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong cheering for football. I'm just telling you that I refuse to acknowledge something else with more emotion than I acknowledge God. So those things shift and change. You've got to be careful what kind of foundation you're built on. What about with children? How many of you have ever had any children? When you're navigating those troubled years, 1 through 99, when, when, when you're trying to work it out, and you're building your foundation by reading a book by an author that never raised a child in their life. Really? Until you've had a messy diaper stare you in the face. Don't talk to me about patience. And I went through, Debbie finally decided we could not financially afford for me to change diapers. I went through, this is, this is the truth, I went, was it four or five diapers? I went through like four or five, huh? I, I went through four or five diapers trying to change one. Trying to change one. And so it, it, you know, when you're navigating those years with your children, and then all of a sudden, you, how many of you remember when you thought you'd be so happy when they could learn how to talk? <laughs> and, then, and then when they started talking, you thought, now you understand that song. If silence is golden, like they say it to be. Apparently, nobody knows that song. Okay. <laughs> so we, we recognize that we have to have a model. There's got to be something that we look to for a foundation. And if we're building on the wrong foundation, we're going to run into trouble. You know, I, look, thank God for professionals in, in every field. I thank God for them. But I'm telling you that there's something wrong when the prof I, don't anybody get offended at what I'm going to say. I'm just stating a fact that the profession of psychiatrist has one of the highest suicide rates. Why? Because inherently we cannot deal with our own problems without God. And now we're trying to deal with everybody else's problems without God. There's a huge difference on what you're standing on. Because what you're standing on is either going to be enough to support you or it's going to be like that roadway and people taking chances and running back and forth on it and some of those guys walking back and forth. And what I couldn't understand is one of those guys walked over and then turns around and walks back. And I'm thinking, buddy, you're risking your life. You need to make up your mind what side of the road you want to be on. Amen. Amen. 
Oh, come on, think about it a second. You either need to make up your mind you're going to live for God and get over there and stay over there, or you're going to find yourself in a mess. What about, how many, how many people in here have, have employees? Raise your hands if you have employees. Hold your hand up. Don't be ashamed of it. Everybody needs a job. Hold it up high. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Is it important to you for your employees to have a good work ethic? It is if you want any peace in your life. I've, I've worked with guys that it, it was a pretty day would cut out of work to go fishing. And just, well, whoever, you know, I mean, so what? Who's going to do my job? They don't, you don't care. You just cut and run when it's a pretty day or if it's snowing outside and it's too cold. <laughs> Sounds like the way some people think about coming to church. <laughs> it's, so, it's too pretty to come to church today. It's too cold to come to church today. I'm telling you, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of God. I'm not talking about risking your life or being silly and getting out in the ice, you know, to get here. I'm just talking about there's got to be something that drives you, that makes you want to be here. I was, David said, I was glad. Everybody smile. You don't. Try it one more time. I said, smile, don't growl. Okay. He said, I was glad when they said, come to the house of the Lord. So a work ethic, what do we build our work ethic on? What's the foundation of our work ethic? How do we navigate that? You say, well, what's so important about that? It's going to depend on your financial security, which is the next foundation I want to talk about. So if you're looking for financial security and there's a guy that meets you in a Walmart parking lot, and says, hey, I got a great deal for you. Come and look. It's in my trunk. I, I can sell this to you real cheap because I, 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 I come across the closeout. <laughs> and then you can sell it for a, a, a large profit and your financial security behind bars. <laughs> Do you understand that you have to, you have to think about what you're building on? And and somebody said, well, you know, I, I'm going to build on the stock market. Well, that's great unless it crashes. Well, I'm going to build on, I'm just telling you that there are few things in life that will stand the test of time and no matter what storm comes and no matter what wind blows, will still be standing. Everybody say foundations. What about our health? How many of you want a good, healthy foundation You want for your health? Wave your hand if you want that. We all want that, don't we? But it's hard to, have a, to build a healthy foundation on Marlboros and Virginia Slims or on Kit Kats and Paydays. What are you saying? I, I'm saying, I, I never forget, I was talking, and that, somebody said, oh, now you're starting to melt. I'm just telling you that God wants the best for you. And the only way that we can get the best from God is to be willing to follow after God and find out what God's got to say about some stuff. Everybody say, I want to know what he said. Look, Jesus does give us the recipe for a good foundation. 
I'm going to read it to you in just a second. How many of you exercise some things concerning your health? You try to be healthy. Wave your hand if you try and be healthy. Be honest with me. I mean, if you're eating McDonald's every day, Hold your hand up if, if health's important to you and you're trying to be healthy. I'm just going to tell you right now, if I get to heaven and find out that apple cider vinegar is bad for me, I'm, I know there's not supposed to be any tears in heaven, but I'm liable just to break out and start crying right there. I'm thinking, man, I went through all that for nothing. You know, and, and so we do things and we endure things. Everybody say we endure things. My wife loves me. She wants me to live to be 200. She, has, she, she intentionally puts apple cider vinegar out for me every night to take. Intentionally. Sometimes I forget and go to bed. She loves me so much, she brings it to my bedside and says, you forgot something. Have you ever tried to drink that stuff laying down? I'm telling you that we do things and we endure things because we believe it will benefit us. So no, I, this is what I want you to grasp. We've got to quit looking at things that benefit us as the enemy. And we've got to begin to embrace some things that God is telling us and recognize the reason he's doing it is for so we'll have a good foundation. How many of you love your kids? How many of you ever told your kids something that they did not like? And, and what usually watch the response, oh, you don't love me. If you loved me, you'd let me play with matches. My dad I, told me not to, I, we were at a laundromat, and he was, he was inside doing the clothes. I went outside and found a pack of matches in the car, and I'm probably like eight years old or something. Do you know the temptation it is to strike matches for a kid? I was able to overcome that temptation. I didn't strike one of those matches. We had a lighter. I pushed that lighter in and tore out every match out of that book. I pushed that lighter in. I, when the lighter popped out, I touched a match to the lighter and watched it ignite. I was so smart, I rode the window down. I was throwing the matches outside. I had a blast. We got ready to go home, and I forgot to remove the evidence. There was a pile of matches outside the passenger door, and my dad put Sherlock Holmes to shame. He, he looked at that pile of matches, and when he looked at it, wasn't that funny, brother. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> he looked at that pile of matches, and when he looked at that pile of matches, he looked at me and he said, have you been playing with matches? I knew better than to lie to my dad. Look, it's the difference between surviving a spanking or not. And so I looked at him, and I said, yes, I did. And he looked at me, and he said, you're getting a whipping when you get home. That was the longest ride of my life. He stopped. I forget. I think we stopped someplace in eight or something. He stopped someplace. And we got home, and, and Dad had his chair. How many of you guys got a chair, at, you know, that's yours at the house? I've got one coming in six weeks. 
and, and it's, it's your chair. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, dad forgot. He's sitting in the chair. I'm, I'm, I'm laid up against the chair, you know, and he's rubbed my head a little bit. And I'm, oh, yes, thank you. And all of a sudden I hear him clear his throat. <clears throat> Seems like I forgot something. I turned around, I looked at him and he said, what do you think I ought to do to you? And I looked up at him and I said, give me a spanking. And he looked back and he said, I'm not going to this time. That's mercy. His mercies are new every morning. Mercy withholds from us what we deserve. I had the spanking coming. But he withheld it from me. But look, mercy without grace leaves us in a treacherous position. Because you can only withhold something so long. But grace, by definition, gives us what we don't deserve. So the little boy with his hand in the cookie jar had been told, if you're in the cookie jar again, you're getting a spanking. He's caught with his hand up to his elbow in that cookie jar. Mercy withholds the spanking, but grace gives him the cookie. There's nothing I did, there's nothing we did that was worthy of salvation that was worthy of him going to Calvary for us and giving his life there but he did it everybody say he did it and how many of you glad that he did amen so Jesus talks to us about a foundation that no matter what you're trying to build he teaches us how to get a good foundation and it's found in Matthew 7 and 24 to 27. This is in the New Living Translation. He said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. I want you to catch that. Anyone who listens to my teaching and what? He didn't say just if you hear it. He said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. It's not enough just to hear. You've got to respond. Everybody say respond. Listen to this. God links your foundation to how you respond to his word. What you build on is linked. Your foundation, whether it's going to stand or whether it's going to crumble, is linked to how you respond to his word. So let's see what he says about these five things we talked about. What does he say about marriage? 
Ephesians 5 and 22, wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. I'm just going to stop right there. Because that's what everybody does, right? That's a, they, they didn't read the Scripture right above it, and they don't read the Scriptures that follow it. But if you'd look at the Scripture right above it, it would put all this in context. Because right above it, in verse 21, it says, And further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's not just about husbands submit to, I mean, wives submit to your husbands. But it's also about husbands submitting to wives. It's about submitting to one another. It's about hearing one another. It's about caring for one another. And then he goes on and tells us in verse 25, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. You want your wife to be in love with you? She needs to know that if anything threatened her life, it would have to go through you to get to her. When we, were, when we were young married couple, somebody, I'm just gonna, somebody tried to attack my wife and I was trying to find out where he lived at and Debbie would not tell me where he lived at for fear of what I was going to do to him. And she had good reason for that fear. You say, well, you're a pastor of a church. I'm also a man. And God also instructed us that we are to love one another, to submit to one another. But I'm supposed to give myself for my wife just like Christ gave himself for the church. Do you understand what that meant for Christ? Christ could have stopped it all. He didn't have to die. He told Peter, don't you know that I could call for legions of angels? I, I could wipe this place out. But I love them more than I love my own life. Oh, God, help us not to take that for granted granted, uh, but to praise him for it every day uh, and remember had it not been for God, Amen. we're lost and undone. So he gives us that foundation for marriage. Respect each other. Submit to one another. Love each other. Amen. Wives, honor your husband and husband, love your wife Amen. and give yourself for her. Wow. Powerful stuff, isn't it? What's he say to us about children? Here's God's foundation for our children. Proverbs 22, and, and there's a lot more scripture. I, I, there's no way. This would take me a week to go through all this. But Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child in the way he should go, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. What's he saying? You, you know, we, we do baby dedications here. And one of the things you always hear me say at a baby, baby dedication is it's impossible for you to dedicate your child to God until you first dedicate yourself to God. Amen. Because you are the primary example in that child's life. Amen. So if we train a child up in the way that they should go, then they won't depart from it. It'll always be a part of who they are. Oh, bring it. Can I borrow her? You can let her know later that she was in a message. Hi, baby. Hi. Hi. You were made for this, huh? And so when I hold her, I have to understand 
that I carry an awesome responsibility. Because I see her as a baby now, but one day she'll look at me as a grown woman. And she'll have challenges. And she'll have questions. And the way she faces those challenges and answers those questions is going to be totally based on how I influenced her life. So if I gave her the gift of knowing God, how can you give her that? By talking to her about it every day, singing songs to her about it. You know, our granddaughter, she's two, and, and so I'm over there, and she's, she's got this donut. That's got, it's a plastic donut, and it has plastic glaze on it. And she, papa, and she hands it to me, and she wants to glaze off the donut. So I took the glaze off the donut, and I handed it back to her. And I'm talking to her mom, and she puts the glaze back on the donut. And she goes, papa. And I took it, and I said, oh, baby. And I pulled it off, handed it to her, and I'm still talking to her mom. And I, papa. This happened like four times after the fourth time. I looked down, and I said, baby, I said, you keep putting it back on. She said, I know it. Two years old, I know it. And then I, and, and so I pulled it off and handed it to her again. She said, okay, that, that's good. So when we demonstrate, when we show them that it's exciting to love God. Amen. How did you get up to come to church this morning? Oh, dear God, it's morning. Church. Or did you get a, oh, dear God, it's morning, it's church. Somewhere in between those probably. <laughs> I'm just saying that we have to come into his house, into his what? Come into his gates with thanksgiving, come into his courts with praise. David said, I'd rather spend one day, I, 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 you know, in, in the house of the Lord than a thousand elsewhere. I don't want anything but God, I want his foundation for my life. Everybody say his foundation. Here we go, guys. Here's your work ethic. Write this scripture down and hand it to your employees. Proverbs 6, 6 to 8. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. Do you know that if you've got an employee and, and they're faithful, that you do all you can to keep them? You do all you can to protect them. You go out of your way to make allowance for them because you know that when they show up on the job, they're going to get it done. They're going to be committed and faithful to it. Somebody say, that's the kind of employee I want to be. It is. Think about it. I, I want people, if I'm doing a, a job, I want them to want me to be there. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 10, this is Paul writing to us about our work ethic. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Now, look, I'm not talking about if, you know, that, you know sometimes we have health issues or problems that keep us from it. But I've, I've, I've traveled a long time and met a lot of people, had a lot of people go on mission trips with me. I had one young man go on a mission trip with me, and he, he just... Sit down. He, look, I wasn't working him hard. 
Honestly, I, knew, I, I mean, norm, we, we were just getting stuff out of the trailer. He just puckered out. He just, you know, and, and this kid is just a teenager at the time. And I looked at him, I walked up to him. I said, son, there's something you ought to know. Me and lazy don't get along. <laughs> he looked at me and got up and started going back to work. What are you saying? I'm saying we never change what we're not willing to confront. So we've got to confront it. And if, watch this. If I'll confront it in my own life, if I see something in me that's not right, am I the only one that's ever recognized that there's some stuff in, well, hold it, let me rephrase this. <laughs> Have any of you ever recognized that there's something in you that's not right? You know, I started to say, have any of you ever recognized that there's something in me that's not right? <laughs> but I didn't want to get, a, oh, I see hands going up back there. So what I'm saying is this, is that if you recognize it in you, that's transparency before God. And that's when you can do something about it. God, help me. Change me. I can't change myself. Change me, God. And he's faithful to do just what you ask him for. Everybody say a sure foundation. Finally, in the fi financial security, honor the Lord. This is Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Malachi 3 and 10, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I know right now people are thinking, oh yeah, well, I knew the pastor was going to hit that. Look, when we were traveling, I didn't know when, you know, how many of you understand that you don't know what you don't know? So I had not been taught about giving, the principle of giving. I had never been taught it. And then all of a sudden when I was taught it, I went and repented before God. I said, God, I didn't know. And I was, trying to, I was trying to make up for lost time, so I went and got an air conditioner out of my window and took it to the pastor's house and said, here, I, wanna, I want to do this for past time. <laughs> It was, well, why would you do that? Did he ask you to? No, it was just the fact that it, it just, when I saw it, I, it became so clear to me, and I thought, God, I, I want to operate that way. And so we started doing that. And I'm telling you through the years, we could give you stories of how God honored us giving and putting him first. You have to understand, you're not giving to a person or to a church or to a work. You're giving to God. And I, I, I have seen so many times where we gave, look, just real quick. We gave away a vehicle. I gave away a van to a missionary that needed a van. And it was not a brand new van. Within, a, within one year, God gave me a brand new van for ministry. It's out in the parking lot. It's out here. That, it's not new anymore. We've got several thousand miles on now. But, but they handed that to me, gave that to me. We paid off a church mortgage that was very low, paid off a church mortgage. And within a year, was, within a year, somebody came and gave us enough money to pay off our mortgage, which was almost 10 times higher than the church's mortgage. I'm just telling you that when you lay out the principles of, that God gives us to build on, you can trust those principles because they're rock solid. Everybody say rock solid. When we trust the Lord with our health, 
Here's what Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Proverbs 3, 5 and 8. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Now listen, be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. What's he saying? He's saying when you follow me and when you trust me, it makes you healthy. It begins to impart health to you. John, 3 John 1 and 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. How? Even as thy soul prospers. Do you know that God cares so much about our health that he gave us dietary laws in the Old Testament? And if you go and you look at those dietary laws, there's a reason he gave those laws because a lot of those animals, like you couldn't eat uh, pork because a lot of those animals bred disease. They didn't have the, the antibiotics and all the, the stuff we've got today to treat those animals or to put in their feed. It was, it was serious stuff, and he was protecting us. And he still does it in the New Testament. Paul writes to us and said, don't, don't you understand that your body's the temple of God? Don't, don't defile that. Don't, don't, don't do something that's going to mess up the temple. He loves us. He cares about us. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be well. How many of you have ever been sick? Raise your hand if you've ever been sick at all. I mean, if you hold it up, hold it up. Wait, let's do it this way. Raise your hand if you've never been sick. Okay. If, if you had, I, I was just looking for that bloodline. We were going to get some of it. And, but but, but here's, here's the truth, is that we all face that, right? But don't you want to face it with God? Don't you want to face it knowing that he, that he says, I am the Lord God that healeth thee? How many of you have ever been sick and experienced God's healing? Hold your hand up. I'm telling you, it does something. When all of a sudden God touches you and in an instant you're, you pass from, light or from death to life, you, you, you feel him in your body, you know that he's working inside of you. You can't let your circumstances eat away at your foundation. I'm getting ready to wrap it up, but let me say this. You cannot let your circumstances eat away at your foundation. Listen to what Job says. Job doesn't understand his circumstances. And this is what he says. Oh, if this is in 31, Job 31, verse 35. Oh, if only someone would give me a hearing, I've signed my name to my defense. Let the Almighty one answer. I want to see my indictment in writing. Anyone's welcome to read my defense. I'll write it on a poster and carry it around town. I'm prepared to account for every move I've ever made to anyone and everyone, prince or pauper. And this is when God answers him. Job 38, verse 1. And now, finally, God answered Job from the eye of a violent storm. He said, why do you confuse the issue? Why do you talk without knowing what you're talking about? Pull yourself together, Job, up on your feet. Stand tall. I have some questions for you, and I want some straight answers. Where were you when I created the earth? Tell me, since you know so much, who decided on its size? 
Certainly you'll know that. Who came up with the blueprints and measurements? How was its foundation poured and who set the cornerstone? While the morning stars sang in chorus and all the angels shouted praise, who took charge of the ocean when it gushed forth like a baby from the womb? That was me. I wrapped it in soft clouds and tucked it in safely at night. Then I made a playpen for it, a strong playpen so it couldn't run loose and said, stay here. This is your place. Your wild tantrums are confined to this place. I experienced that personally. I, had, we, I wasn't married yet. I was trying to get a job. Had went in and applied for the job. It sounded great and promising. I was confident. I was trusting God. And then it didn't go the way I thought it ought to. Anybody ever been there? It didn't turn out that way. As a matter of fact, I got a phone call, and it was a place that I had applied for, and they said, hey, they're on the phone. I ran in there. You know, I, I was getting ready to praise God and shout. I picked the phone up. I said, hello. And they said, yes, we just called to let you know that somebody with better qualifications got the job. Look, I've never had anybody call me to tell me I didn't get the job. It was almost like I felt like they were rubbing salt in a wound. Not only did you didn't get it, we found somebody better than you. I went in the back and had a gripe session with God. I said, God, I've been doing everything I know to do. I, 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 you know, you, where, you, where you at? You, you're supposed to be here. God, I, I need you. And I went and gra- I, I, I grabbed this pillow and I squeezed this pillow real hard. And I was going, God, I need you. And I, when I squeezed that pillow, there, was a, there were babies around the house. And there was a bottle of oatmeal baby bottle of oatmeal in that pillow that I didn't know. When I grabbed it, it shot me right in the face. (laughs) True story. Man, I'm wiping oatmeal out of my eyes, slinging it off of me, and I'm thinking, really, God? And now I'm, you know, if if, if that doesn't add insult to injury. So I grabbed the book, and I pick it up, and you said, I said, in your word, you said there's encouragement. And I turned. I just opened it up. Somebody called it Bible roulette. I just opened it up, and I turned to Job 38, where it said, I will demand of thee, and answerest thou me. The scripture I read you is Job 38 in the message. It just made it real clear. You know so much. Were you there when I poured the foundation of the earth? He said, Yeah, he said, gird yourself up now like a man. I will demand of thee and answer thou me. And then he started in, where were you at when I made all this? I don't know if you've ever been there. I have. And I can tell you that when God speaks to you, it's very humbling. And he spoke to me that day through his word. And I climbed off of that bed Dropped down on my knees and I began to repent before God. And I said, I'm sorry, God. I love you and I'm going to serve you no matter what. See, we link circumstances to our decision on whether or not we're going to serve God. And that's the most foolish thing we can ever do. We ought to have our mind made up that no matter what our circumstances are, we're going to serve God. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Before you can even begin with the foundation, what do you have to do? You have to clear the property. 
before I can even think about laying a foundation, I've got to clear out a spot. Amen. Look at Proverbs 24 and 7, or 27. It says, do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. You've got to make sure that this land is free of rubble. You, you've got to make sure that before, before God can begin to build in you, you have to present yourself to him. Amen. You, 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 have to, you have to make sure you got all the, I'm not talking about taking care of your sin. I'm talking about your thought process. Get all those thoughts out of your head. Get the brambles and, 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 and the weeds and the thorns pushed back. Make sure that there are no dead or damaged trees hanging around that are going to obscure the foundation. You've got to make sure that there's nothing in that field that's going to compromise your foundation. And then you lay it out to him. Romans 10, 8 to 9. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Corinthians tells us, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Everybody say new. Everybody go, I'm new. <laughs> How many of you ladies like a new outfit? How many of you guys like a new truck? <laughs> We, we want it new, right? We want it new. You don't get excited about old stuff the way you do new stuff. I'm telling you, if I need a set of teeth and somebody comes up and says, hey, here's a pair I'm not using, not excited about it. Not excited about it. But if a dentist were to come up and say, man, you know what? You need some teeth. Come to my office and I'm going to make some just for you. Then you'd get excited. I know I, I probably picked a bad thing because nobody really gets excited about teeth. But, but don't, don't let old things destroy your foundation. Don't let it get in there. Look what it says in Job twenty two fifteen. Will you continue on the old paths where evil people walked? They were snatched away in the prime of life. The foundations of their lives washed away. For they said to God, leave us alone. What can the Almighty do to us? Yet he was the one who filled their homes with good things, so I will have nothing to do with that kind of thinking. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm not going to let somebody take me there. I'm not going to go back to an old way of thinking, trying to run around and do the old things I did and say, well, you know, God hasn't done anything for me lately. Let me tell you what Jesus did at Calvary's cross is the supreme example of love. If he never did another thing, we ought to stand up and praise him for the rest of our lives for that one thing that he's done. Don't take that for granted. Don't let that become some mundane thing or, Oh, yeah, I heard about that a long time ago. When your life is saved, you ought to be excited that somebody thought enough about you to save you. Everybody say, I'm going to hold on to him. Psalm 62 and 2, he alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I'll never be shaken. Acts 4.11, for Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. Think about it. Everybody's trying to get to heaven. You ask anybody, you stop anybody on the street and ask them, do you think you're going to make heaven? And they'll probably say yes, 
because I'm a good person. Being a good person doesn't get you there. Going to church every Sunday doesn't get you there. Quoting the Ten Commandments does not get you there. But accepting Christ as the Lord of your life gets you there. How hard is that? It's easy, isn't it? But we make it hard, don't we? Would you stand with me today? If you haven't made Jesus your foundation, it's not too late to. If you have and you need some renovations on your house, he's still able to help you. It's not enough just for you to hear his word. Jesus said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Everybody say, you've got to follow. Today, I choose to recommit myself to follow after him and his word concerning me. How about you? If you've never said yes, I, wanna, I, I want to take care of that first. If you've never come forward and accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to invite you to do that right now. You say, well, I don't want to be embarrassed. Why would you be embarrassed to come up and acknowledge someone that saved your life? I mean, my goodness, if you were drowning and I jumped in after you and drug you out and then you didn't want to tell anybody about it or you didn't want to acknowledge me when I was in a crowd and you wouldn't even act like you knew who I was, it'd make me feel like you'd rather I just left you in the mess you were in. But to acknowledge him, to say, thank you, Lord. So I want to give you that opportunity. If you're here and you've never done that, I'm, I'm going to wait for just a moment and give you a chance to do that right now. Now, I know I could tell everybody to close their eyes. But look, if you, if you, can't, if you can't find the courage to walk up here and say, God, I choose you, when everybody's looking that loves you in this house, how are you ever going to serve him when you go out there? So let me take a moment and give you that opportunity. I'm going to count to three. You say, well, you, there's, you can't put a time limit on it. No, I can't, but God has. And I don't know what that time limit is. But I want you to come right now. If you've never accepted him as your Savior, are you ready? One, two, three. This is what I want to do. I want you to pray with me today because there are people that are listening by radio and they're watching on the internet. And they may have never said yes to Jesus. Would you take time to help lead them to the Lord with me right now by just repeating this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, we come to you right now and ask you to forgive us of our sins. I can't save myself, God. And I need you. 
I want a strong foundation. So today, I turn my back on the past and I embrace a new life in you. I claim you as my Lord and Savior. I believe you died for my sins and you rose again. And I receive you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise in this house. Last thing I want to do, if you're in here, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go real quick, but if you're in here and you need some renovations done, you got some bad plumbing, we know a God that can fix your plumbing, right? If he can do it for a horse. <laughs> if you've got some things that are messed up in your life, if, if, if you need a makeover in your kitchen, or you know what I'm talking about, I'm not right in here in this house. If you need some renovations, I want you to walk down to the front and stand with me for just a moment. And we'll end the service down here very quickly. If there's something that you want God to do in you or to do through you or to do for you, just come on down and stand a minute. You, you don't have to tell me, just tell him. He knows all about it. Just share it with him. You know, it's, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about the fact that you're, you're, you're getting ready to meet the ultimate interior decorator, <laughs> the ultimate designer. And, and you get to present to him what you're asking him to do. I, God, I got some bitterness going on, and I really want it ripped out of my house. I got, I got some... financial trouble happening in my life and and I really need a new foundation with my finances God I got problems in my body and I haven't told anybody about but God I'm telling you I need a touch I I need you to heal me I I need you to change that in me I'm gonna ask prayer partners if they would come and stand with them right now and if you would just stretch your hands to heaven she raised those hands to heaven I want you to just right now tell him what it is you're asking take a moment right now and let him know just talk to him right now you can do it in your heart you can do it out loud but just take a moment and tell him tell him God this is what I'm asking this is what I am asking God I now, here's the key. I want you to say this with me, Lord. I agree to let you do the renovation. I'm going to keep my hand out of it. And I'm going to let you have your free will in my life. You work it in me, work it through me, and work it for me in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for it right now. We praise you for it, Father. We receive it in Jesus' name. We receive it, Father. Come on, stretch those hands to heaven. God, we thank you, Lord, that you're doing it even now. Lord, that you're working in places I can't see, in conversations I can't hear. You're working it out right now. You're working it out right now. 
and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise in this house. We give you praise for it. I want you to take each other by the hand. We're going to prayer dismissal prayer. Guys, come on in if you would and sing us out of here in just a second. But let me, prayer dismissal. We're starting, this, this is the first series in a new series. This is Foundations. But this series is Renovations. So that what we're asking God for is that when this is over, I'm going to be living in a brand new house. I'm going to be living in a house that's equipped with the most advanced in the spirit. <laughs> in a house that's equipped, that's been paid for by the blood of the lamb. And I'm going to share what I learn with others. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give him praise for it right now. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you, God, for a solid foundation, for there is no other foundation than that which has been laid, which is Christ Jesus. We thank you for that, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you're working on us. God, that you're changing us. God, that you're making us better than we've ever been. That you're freeing us, Father, Lord, from cracks and, Lord, from things that are beginning to fall apart in us, in our minds and in our hearts. God, you're making us new and breathing life in us, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. God bless you today. Go ahead.